We started a new sermon series this past week uh, entitled The Journey of Life. Um, and we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Um, she was in desperate need of an encounter with Jesus. And here's the cool thing about this story is, is she did not even know it. And it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria, which there was no other Jews at that time going through Samaria. He overcame some cultural barriers. He overcame some hatred that was going on amongst the people groups. And it says that he had to go through Samaria because he had a purpose, and that was to encounter this woman who did not even know that she even needed him. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that's your testimony. Maybe, uh, maybe you have a Paul testimony. You're on the road to Damascus and all of a sudden God just miraculously saved you in that moment and you can't even really explain it. Or maybe you're like the man who, who received sight and he's like, I don't know what happened, but I know that I was blind and know that I see. And this morning we're going we're gonna to be looking at is, is what does it look like when we have a fresh start in life? What do we do next? Because we all love fresh starts. I mean, don't we? I mean, some of us are like, yeah, I wish my football team would start over. Or I wish that relationship could start over. Or I wish that he would be different. That's not the way it started. And many times we need a fresh start in our lives, in our relationships, in the workplace, and especially in our walk with God. And one thing I love about God, there's many things, obviously, but the one thing is, is as Christ followers, each and every day is a new day for a fresh start. And He offers that every single day in our lives. This morning we're going to be looking at a passage in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, it's one that has really impacted my life over the years. It's one that I allude to many times uh, here and there in conversation and in sermons. It's, it's the story of, of Jesus walking on water plus Peter walking on water. And there's just so many things here and... Um, there's so many things that we can learn here because I believe that as we have a fresh start in our lives, that the next steps are sometimes pretty difficult. Like, what do we do from here? Where do we go from here? Like, I'm willing to have a fresh start, and thank you, God, for that fresh start, but, but what does that look like? And I believe that as we all make that fresh start and as we all make that next step to be obedient to the call that God has put in our life, it's going to be very familiar. Some of us are going to, it's going to look, our steps are going to look differently, but the way in which that takes place should all be the same. And we're going to look at the life of Peter here in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, we're going to start in verse 22. Uh, but before we, before we dive in, I want to give you just a brief background of what's going on here. Uh, this is in the full fledge of Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, he has revealed Himself as the Son of God. He is the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as many of you know the story, He's... Many people thought, most people thought that he was coming to establish his kingdom, literally be a king, and they could finally overthrow the, the Roman government in that sense, and the Jews would finally kind of get their time, so to speak. And so Jesus is here, and he's, uh, he just left the feeding of the 5,000. Many of you know that, the little boy who had five loaves and two fishes. We know that story if you grew up in church. Uh, you know, even the little illustration, I should have brought the illustrations here, okay? But it's that story, and, and God miraculously provided in that way, in a physical way, uh, to the people of that time. And it says there was 5,000 men, not including uh, women and children. So there could have been, I don't know how many, thousands and thousands of people had just an encounter with Jesus, and He met their needs. 
And in John chapter 16 alludes to this story as well. And, and his point of view on this story is, is, is that Jesus knew the hearts of the people during this time. And he knew that they were trying to basically capture him and, and force him to be king. And so in knowing this, all right, we pick up here in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. He's like, disciples, you guys need to go, all right? And we'll see that Jesus follows suit as well. So uh, we're going to pick this up. We're going to read it through, and then we're going to come and just take just a few minutes this morning uh, just to unpack and see what the God uh, just has for us this morning. So are you ready? A few of you are ready, all right? Um, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Verse 27, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, Save me. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray together. Father, we, uh, we come before you. God, please humble me in this moment, Lord. I God, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to say, to proclaim in truth and in boldness, God, your word, um, God, speak to us. God, we need to hear from you this morning. Uh, God, thank you for your word. God, thank you, Lord, that you give us application into our lives, Lord, that you can speak into our lives so that we can uh, take the next step or whatever that looks like uh, in each of our lives this morning. So, Father, again, we just we thank you uh, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the disciples are coming off a really really good day. Have you had one of those lately? Some of you are like, it's been years. <laughs> I mean, they had a really, really good day. Think about that for j- just for a moment there. I mean, they had just been with Jesus. First of all, it didn't get any better than that. But Jesus does something miraculous. They are kind of the, the chosen 12 to be with Jesus, kind of, kind of the, uh, the, the group of Jesus there. And, and Jesus had done a miraculous thing amongst all those people. And so today had been a, well, not today, but for those people, that day had been a, a good day for the disciples. And many times we wish that that good day would just continue on, don't we? Like, I wish, have you ever said, I wish this day would never end? I mean, it's blissful. I mean, he's just, he's, he's been amazing. You know, he's just swooped me off my feet or, or she's been awesome or, or that day there has been awesome. And we just wish that those good days would never end. And so I, I want you to see the picture here of where the disciples are because it's important because soon things kind of go wrong for them, so to speak. And many times in our lives, things are going well or, or whatever the situation is, we're having a good day and then out of the blue, something hits us, it knocks us off course and we start doubting, we start having fear in our lives and we many times we ask the big question, 
Why, God, are you allowing this to happen? I know that many of you have never said that before ever because you guys are just awesome, Christ-following, obedient people. No, but seriously, though, we've all been there before. We've doubted. We've struggled. And we've asked the question, God, why? Why do you allow these things to happen in my life? Like, couldn't all days be good? So we're going to pick this apart this morning. The first thing, if you're taking notes... One of the first things we learn is that taking the next step requires courage. It requires courage. And as we see here in verse 22 through 24, it's kind of setting the scene here that Jesus tells His disciples to go, and they're out on the Sea of Galilee, and John chapter 14 says they're about three and a half miles out, okay? Now these guys have been there, done that before. These were not inexperienced boatmen, if that's the right word, okay? These guys had, most of them had spent most of their life on the water. They had seen storms. This was not new for them. I mean, this was just kind of a normal day, so to speak. And so Jesus, He tells them to go, and and they're out there in the middle of the lake, and it says, obviously here, that that the waves were around, and, and their boat was taken and beaten. And so that's kind of the situation here, and it's interesting because didn't Jesus ask them to go? I mean, these guys are being obedient. Think of your life. Like, God, I was being obedient here. Like, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. Like, what is the deal with the trials? What is the deal with the storms in my life? Like, throw me a bone here or something because I'm being obedient. Like, you could have easily taken this storm away, but the disciples are being obedient and then find themselves in a very scary situation. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Your desire is to be obedient to the things of God, but you find yourselves in a, in a rocky situation. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job that isn't going well or or whatever the situation is and and we start doubting and we start asking why. Verse 25, it says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Verse 26, when the disciples saw Him walking on the lake, they did what every normal human being would do. They were terrified. It, doesn't exa- it just says they were terrified. And they say, it's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. All right, Now, now think about this. It's, it's not even really daylight yet. And all of a sudden, they, they see kind of this figure of person walking on the water. And is anybody else scared to death? Or some are like, oh, no, nah, nah. I'd, I'd have been a man in a situation. I'd have been, I'd no big deal. Like, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out at this point, okay? I don't like clowns. I don't like any of that kind of stuff at all, okay? So I see this person. We think he's a ghost, and like, let's get out of here. Let's turn on the motors, and let's get out of here. And it says that the disciples, man, they, they were crying out in fear. Think about this. These were experienced people who have been in this situation time and time and time again. This was not new for them. But they are fearful here. And it says, verse 27, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. My response to Jesus, that's easy for you to say, Jesus, you're walking on water and you're Jesus. I mean, don't, I mean, isn't that where we're at many times? That's easy for you to say, look where you are, you're Jesus. 
Or maybe for other people, look who you are. You know, don't you love when people try to like speak into your life? And they're like, the holier than thou people are like, you know, you know what you need to do here is, is, and their life is perfect. You're like, yeah, of course you would say that. And that's how we honest, maybe it's just me, okay? Maybe there's something wrong with me, all right? It's easy for you to say that. You're Jesus. You're doing the impossible. You're walking on water. You scared us and you're loving it. He didn't say that. But they're fearful in that moment there. And I love his response here because it is the same response that God has used many times all through Scripture. Remember when, when, God, when Moses asked God, like, who do I tell him sent me? Like, what do I tell these people? The great I am. The woman at the well last week, who, who do I say? Just tell them I sent you. I, the great I am. And I love it. He goes, take courage. It is I. It's almost like they, they know his voice. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Maybe this morning you have found yourself in a situation where things are rocky, to so to speak. Um, and you're scared. You're fearful. You're doubting. And you're wondering if your circumstances will ever change. The disciples are in the exact same boat, no pun intended, all right, this morning. And I just want us to, I want us to see here how, how awesome God's Word is, is how as we, this is, this is a story that, that took place, this is, this is a story of real people. This is a story of a real God who intervened in this situation here and how he rescues his people. It's the same God that you and I have the opportunity to intervene with this morning, today, in 2017, that he wants to rescue his people and he wants to take us through the storms of life. Yes, through the storms of life, because many times I want to divert. Anybody, I want to divert the storm. But there have been times in my life that looking back on it, you know, hindsight's always better. Thank you, Lord, for the storm, because I never would be where I would today if it wasn't for that storm. And many of us could probably go back and say, you know what? Man, that was one of the worst times in my life, or, or this took place. And God was so faithful there, and I am who I am today because of God taught me something. He grew me through that. My faith was increased because of that trial or that difficult situation. So the first thing to take the next step is, is we must have the courage. The second thing is, if you're taking notes, taking the next step requires desire. Now, many of us, what happens is, is we have desire, but we don't have the courage to do it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I would love for things to be different in my life. I would love it, I would love it, I would love it. But we've never taken the courage to step out of the boat and allow God to heal that wound or to change that situation or to change me or whatever it looks like is. is here's the thing. Without courage, all right, desire really doesn't mean anything. It's just daydreaming. It's like wishful thinking, so to speak. There must be that courage that the great I am has called me out. He's calling me out of the storm, out of the situation, and He has the power to control the situation. Doesn't always change the circumstances, but allows me to have peace and joy in the midst of the storm. He's calling me out, all right? And I love this because Peter's response here in verse 28, it's a, it's a crazy response. 
He says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Um, anybody else thinking you got a crazy friend in the boat with you? I mean, we, we are. And this story has so much implications of how we can learn from God's Word here. Is, is there's going to be many times in our lives when you feel God calling you and you know that He is calling you and you're the crazy person. And you might have been there before because it doesn't make sense and all of your friends around you are like, man, that, is, that seems foolish to me. Why, why, are you do, why are you sacrificing this? I'm thinking they didn't like Peter very much, so they're not putting up an argument. Maybe, you know, because Peter was one of those guys that was always putting his foot in his mouth. They're like, hey, Peter, dude, if you want to go and die, hey, that sounds great, man. I, you know, better, more food, whatever the situation is. But Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the wire. Peter has a desire. Peter has a desire right here to take the next step. And then verse 29, Jesus' response, come. Come on, Peter. Come on, Brandon. Let's do this. Taking the next step requires obedience. You see, if I'm Peter, I'm backing down at this point. Okay? Um, some of us talk big, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Hey, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. And, and, and then finally Jesus is like, okay, Come. I was, I was really just kind of kidding about that. You know, I was trying to be funny. I was trying to be the funny man on the boat. And, and for many of us, it's, it's always the desire. And we, ne- we never get past that. We truly have a desire for God to work in our lives. We truly have a desire to have a godly marriage. We truly desire to be a godly leader amongst whomever. We truly have a desire to be a godly boss or coworker or whatever it is. But what happens is, if that courage in Christ does not form in our lives, we never get past a desire. And so we stay unmotivated, we stay discouraged... And so Peter here, he acts. Taking the next step requires obedience. Let's see what Peter does here. Verse 29. Then Peter got down out of the boat. Just want to just refresh your memory what's going on here. Just in case you forgot, because I think Peter has. One of the worst storms is beating this boat. You can barely see out there. It's a, it's a scary situation. Maybe there was water coming in. I, we don't know all the ins and outs, but it, but it wasn't a good situation. And it seems that Peter does not care about his current circumstances. It seems that Peter doesn't care about his current circumstances because, listen to this, because he is so focused on the call of God in his life. You see, there was 12 men in this boat. And we look at the story and say, Peter, man, you're, you're crazy. But we'll see here in just a minute, Peter is the only one who has experienced God like no one else on earth ever has. Why? Because he had courage. 
He had a desire and he walked in obedience when, when, when God, when Jesus says, come to me, come to me. Peter doesn't even hesitate. He says, that, Peter, get down out of the boat. Kind of one of those here I go moments. Like, like God, like here I go. Like if you, if you don't come through in this situation, this is going to be a train wreck. This will not go well if you don't come through, God. And you know Peter is thinking the same thing. And just to let you know is, is you can't actually walk on water. Maybe you didn't know that, okay? The reason I do know that, I watch Mythbusters, okay? And they busted that one. You can go back and watch that episode, okay? Like they tried, they tried every situation to try to walk on water, and it's practically, no, it is impossible, so when you go home today and you want to try, please give me a call. Like, I want to be there when you try, okay? Because you can't. So Peter gets down out of the boat. Walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Wow, what? I'm like, are you kidding me? Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Now this specifically says, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Now doesn't the story say just a few verses back that the wind was always there? The waves were always there. The storm had always been there. I love this because in that moment... When he had the courage, as Jesus says, just take courage, it is I, Jesus. I mean, Peter's like, I am all in. I'm, I'm all in. And he's the only one in the boat that's all in this situation. See, what happens is, is most of us, even many times in my life, I'm the other 11 dudes, okay? Like, there's no way I'm getting out of the boat. The guy's crazy. No. Like, I believe that you're Lord. I believe, I'm, 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 curry, I'm, I'm courageous, but I'm, I'm smart as well, okay? And that's why we live, our, we live our life very cautious and we never step out and experience God or, or allow God to work in and through our lives because, man, we're, we're comfortable. We want to stay in the boat. And here's the sad part about this is as most of the people are in the boat. Most of the people are in the boat using the boat as a, as a security, as a safety net, as something they've always known, they grew up with. And the thought of, of getting out of the boat and, and walking on water, fear has, has kept them in that boat. Just like in my life, many times fear is the one thing that keeps me from getting out of the boat and allowing God to work in and through our lives. Oh, but not Peter. Verse 29, he walked on the water and came towards Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began, we know this story, he began to sink. I'm not a very good swimmer, just going to throw that out there. Um, I don't even like horse playing in the water because I feel like I'm going to drown. Like, that's me. Youth, just be careful with that, okay? If you want to, like, freak me out, okay? Like, horse wrestle with me. Keep me underwater for a little while. Like, I'm panic mode, okay? I'm coming up fighting because I feel like I'm going to drown. That, I don't know why, that's just me, okay? Maybe that's not you. Um, if I'm Peter right now, like, I am, I am talking to all my boys right now. Like, please throw me up a safety net. Throw me anything. I am drowning here. I, I am scared to death. I'm taking, I am taking on water. Does anybody see me? Does anybody care? 
And I love this, but he, he does not cry out to his friends. He doesn't. Peter actually does something right here, and he says, Lord, you save me. Lord, save me. Verse 31 says, Immediately, immediately. I gotta be honest, sometimes in my life I feel like I'm just drowning and God doesn't really care. Sometimes I have that emotions that come in sometimes. Um, God, do you care about the circumstance that I'm in? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I feel like I'm drowning. Many times we, we, we feel like Peter here. Um, and I think many of the times the reason that we stay drowning is, is because we, we, we go to the wrong source for help. Um, we put, put too much... I'll go as far as a wife and a husband. We put too much into even a good friend. And those are they're valuable relationships. Valuable. Those, those are very... But here's what I'm saying here. When you, when you value people and you replace people as God, it's never going to work out well. Because I'm a very sinful person. I'm broken. I actually make bad choices. Ask my wife. I do. I raise my voice. I say things I shouldn't. To have an understanding is... That, that God, God is, God is the one thing that will, he's, 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 he'll never change. It says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. He says, you a little faith. He said, why did you doubt? You see, Peter trusted um, who Jesus was and had the courage to obey. And he, and he goes and he, he walks on water. But then he begins to sink, and that is because he did not persevere in his faith in the Lord in that moment. See, what happens, it's happened to me many times in my life, um, is, you, is you get to that point of, man, God, this is, this is awesome. Like, I'm being used of God. Like, how, I'm so unworthy of this. Whenever God calls us to a God-sized calling, to a God-sized assignment, I just want to be very upfront. You and I can never do that in our own strength. We can't. But, but what happens is, in, in my life, and it's, it's a constant battle, it's a constant struggle of, I've been here before, I've been a fisherman all my life. This is comfortable to me. I know what to do. I know how to respond. I know who to go to. But when God calls us out, listen to me, only, only God can bring that to fruition in our lives. That is the only way we succeed. It's when we stay connected and we stay focused on Christ. You see, Peter was doing well. And you know this, this story of Peter, this is all of our lives. I mean, it really is. We've all been there with Peter where we've stepped out, we've experienced God, and we want to be obedient, and our desire is there. But what happens is we lose focus. Why? Because circumstances. Circumstance. Many of those circumstances are out of our control as well. I always tell people, you know what? You can't control other people, but you can't control what you do. The problem is, is we want to control other people and not worry about what we do. You see, for us to take the next step, for us to 
continue to be obedient in our walk with God and in this life journey that's awesome most of the time. Sometimes it kind of stinks. <laughs> Sometimes there's the, the, the trials and the storms. We must. We must persevere. I love what James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, many of you know it. Uh, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Um, I wrote this down here, and I think it's so important just to remember um, that we can never rely on our past steps of faith to move us forward to a closer relationship with the Lord. Here's what, here's what I mean by that. When God calls us to something, and he's call, here's, here's the cool thing, but God, God is calling all of us. He doesn't, he doesn't pick and choose. He, want, he pursues us. He calls us to be a part of building his kingdom. And we find ourselves, when God is moving, when God is working, and maybe times we, we find ourselves drowning, even in that calling there, I've, I've done this before. I can't expect my faithfulness two years ago to sustain me where I am now. Um, I, I've, I've struggled with that. My God, I've been obedient up to this point. I, I know I'm, yeah, I know I'm struggling in our relationship right now. It's, it's an ongoing. You see, our walk with God is a movement. You know what movement means? It means movement. It means continual it means continually moving forward. And what, what happens in my life and sometimes in your life is, is the circumstances of life, it, it makes us lose focus. And those circumstances rock our world. And then, and then, we, and then we're like, God, like, where are you? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God. It's because we've lost focus on the calling God's put in our lives. Peter cries out, Lord, save me, and immediately Jesus is there. Um, He doesn't let him waller. He doesn't let him take on some water. (laughs) I probably would have. How long can you tread water, Peter? Um, Peter came a long way on his journey from this impulsive man of faith or of little faith to a faithful leader among the apostles. And Peter went on to do amazing things for God. Let me rephrase that. God did amazing things through Peter. But what we like to look on is, is those drowning moments of God. See, I told you you shouldn't have used me. I told you I'm a failure. And I can promise you for the rest of Peter's life, he remembered that moment of drowning. But he remembered more when he was drowning and immediately Jesus picked him up. Story goes on. Verse 32, we're almost done. It says, When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. You see, when we allow God to work in our lives, and we walk by courageous 
when we're obedient, when we have the desire and we're per- persevering in our lives. Jesus is always worshipped. Jesus is always reflected in our lives. You see, people weren't in the boat. Peter, man, that was, that was awesome. Man, that was so cool. I loved how you were walking on water. And better yet, man, that was so cool how you were drowning there, man. I mean, they, they probably had that conversation after because they're men, okay? Hey, Peter, dude, I, I told you not to do that. But, but I believe Peter learned such a great lesson here. A great lesson of strengthening his faith. He was willing to get out and experience God like none of those 11 men had ever experienced before. Yeah, he, he failed a little bit. I'd, I'd, I'd rather fail doing great things for God than never try. I can tell you this, regret is the worst thing. If we don't step out and believe and have faith that God is going to move mountains in our lives, like what are we doing? I'm not saying it's not a struggle. Because there's going to be those times you step out and you're like, Lord, why in the world did you allow, why did you say come here? I'm, I'm drowning here. He says immediately Jesus picks him up. Brushes him off, dries him off. Come on, Peter. Let's keep going, bud. I'm not finished with you yet. Just like Jesus is not finished with us yet. Maybe you feel like you're drowning. You've been obedient. Maybe things aren't going well. Just want to ask you a question. Where, where, where is your focus? Because if your focus is, is in the person sitting next to you, if, you're, if your focus is in a, a situation or a job or an entertainment, let me tell you something. It will, you will continue to drown. I'm playing. You hear that? We will continue to drown. We're going we're, we're gonna to have our good days, yes. But it will never sustain us. God is looking to sustain us every single day. Let's close our eyes as we close. I just I want to ask you a question. God wants to do a mighty work in your life. What is the next step that the Lord has placed before you or in front of you? Maybe, maybe you've been following after Jesus and maybe you've never walked in obedience of baptism. Maybe that's where God is calling you. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's, it's trusting God in that circumstance in your life right now. Maybe for some of us, it's God's calling us to the other side of the world to be a missionary. Maybe for some of us, God's calling us into full-time ministry. Maybe for some of us, God's calling us to be more bold in our workplace. Maybe for some of us, it's to be a better husband, to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's to be a wife who respects and loves her husband and and. I don't know where you are, but here's the thing. I know that God is calling us. So God, would you give us ears to hear? And would you give us the boldness and the faith to step out of the boat and experience you and be used of you? 
God, to build your kingdom. So in that circumstance or whatever is open, that we too would say, just as those men in the boat would say, truly, you are the Son of God. There's no denying that. God, please have your way with us this morning. Got to pray, Father. Got to pray that we could have some time either this afternoon or this week and to answer that question. God, what is that next step for me in my life? Maybe some of us this morning don't know because it's been so long since they've spent time with you, God. I pray that they would start there. God, I pray that maybe some people in this room need a fresh start. Maybe some here this morning need an encounter with you. So God, we ask you to come and we ask you just to, Lord, use your word to build us up, to edify us, Father. But Lord, most of all, to make us more like you. And God, I pray, Lord, um, as we go and we leave this place, Father, I pray that our lives would reflect you. That we would not allow the circumstances and the things around us to control us and to get us off course. God, give us courage. Give us the desire. May we walk in obedience. And Father, sustain us and give us perseverance as we walk this journey of life. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.